Welcome to the Thought Leadership Project, a podcast by Jay Harrington and Tom Nixon, exploring how lawyers can turn expertise into thought leadership and thought leadership into new business. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leadership Project podcast. I'm Jay Harrington. With me, as always, is my co-host, Tom Nixon. Tom, are you... uh, are you ready for the weekend? Do you have your Halloween costume ready? And uh, are you ready for Michigan to play another top 10 team in football this weekend? All right. Well, considering this is going to air publicly after that game, I'll, I'll make a prediction. How about that? All right. Let's hear it. Um, Michigan 23, Notre Dame 16. Okay. All right. So I guess I'm ready as I'll ever be. Um, yeah. I'm Mercifully, don't have to watch it, though, because my son's uh, got a band concert at high school that I'll be attending instead. So um, if, it, if we win, I'll watch it on tape and bask in the glory of my perfect prediction. If we lose, um, we'll just edit this out and post. Yeah, <laughs> <All right. laughs> sounds good. Uh, so let's get started today. We are doing a bit of a meta episode here. It's going to be a, a podcast episode where we talk about podcasting and This has been a topic that we've been spending a lot of time on, not only in the context of recording episodes for our own podcast, which has been a lot of fun, and we're uh, a few months in, so I feel like we've we've kind of gotten over the hump uh, in in some respects. I know there's a term called pod fading, which uh, refers to the fact that when most people start podcasts, they get about three to six episodes in, and then they start sort of fading off into... uh, into less frequent episodes and ultimately uh, giving up on the project. But um, I feel good that we've, we've made it over that hump and, and frankly feel like we're, we're gaining momentum and, and, and really enjoyed the process so far, especially opportunities to speak to guests. Um, today we don't have a guest, but we're going to kind of break down um, this whole issue of podcasting and why we think it's one of the best opportunities for lawyers who are hoping to become thought leaders in 2020. Uh, and so, so let's dig into that, Tom. I mean, one of the statistics that uh, really strikes me and I came across as I was just doing a little bit of uh, prep for this show is the fact that, um, and I don't know exactly how up to date this is, but um, the fact that uh, over 25% of, of the US population listens to at least one podcast every week. And, and what really struck me was that of those, um, the average amount of time that people spend um, each week listening to podcasts is approximately six and a half hours. So um, while this is still an emerging medium, um, as, as you know, demonstrated by the fact that a quarter of the population is, is listening to podcasts, those that do are super engaged and consuming lots of content um, via podcasts. So, so that's one reflection of why we think it's important for lawyers to get involved at the front end uh, of this of this new medium. Um, and there's a lot more to that as well that we'll get into today. So um, let's let's dig in, Tom, and start talking about it. Um, what What would you say to a lawyer who may be thinking about uh, podcasting as a means to develop themselves as a thought leader and share their ideas uh, with with others? Uh, where where does one start? Well, it's it's interesting because um, you know, for one, I, I definitely think the time is now for what you know the stats that you just mentioned. Real quick, you you triggered a couple things I saw on the internet recently. One was on Twitter, and somebody, a friend of mine, tweeted out a little meme which had a GIF of 
like a really crowded surfing wave with all of these surfers on it and they're all falling all over each other. And you know, the caption was something like when you decide to start a podcast, because I think the joke is kind of everyone starting one right now. Um, like the momentum, you know, podcasting has been around for a while, but like the momentum recently seems to just be growing and growing and growing. Um, so the joke was funny. Um, but on a more serious note, I saw something actually that you shared on LinkedIn, which was an article that said podcasting for lawyers is the new black. And my first reaction is saying things is the new black is the new black. So right. that, that, that's meta for you too. But um, so I read, it was a really good piece. Um, you're more familiar with a couple of people that were quoted in it. And I know Rich Bracken was and Adrian Lurson from JD Supra. Um, I'm, I wasn't familiar with the author, but some great points were made. And so going back to your question, the timing is, is like perfect because podcasts have become so um, ingrained into how people are consuming content right now. The other reason though is because attorneys and lawyers that get into it now really are still on the leading edge in their industry. So the first thing I think you need to do is overcome this um, sort of poo-pooism, which is, you know, you, you talk about starting a podcast and people look at you and in the back of their mind, they're thinking of some version of that surfing wave with all the people tripping all over themselves. And it's kind of like a joke. Oh, what you too, you know, just what the world needs another podcast. But I think that's a, like a false sort of, um, or maybe an erroneous way of looking at what you're actually trying out to do or setting out to do, which is we're not advocating that people are going to become the next Joe Rogan, right. Or, you know, have millions of subscribers and millions of downloads and make a business out of this podcast. It's not a, it's not a means in our case for what we're advocating as, as a way to achieve celebrity by any stretch. And what we're going to talk about today is why it's a marketing tool, why it's a business development tool and why it's a branding tool. So the first thing that you need to do is get serious about who your audience is. And as we've advocated in prior episodes, whether we're talking about podcasting or content marketing or thought leadership in general is say, who is this for? And be fine with the fact that it's not for 98.9% .9 of the public, but let's talk about who it is for. And this is something that you've been, you know, screaming from the mountaintops for a long time now is the whole idea of the, the niche, right? That's right, Tom. Yeah, just with any, I think, form of content marketing and frankly, legal business development, it, again, it circles back to, you know, who are you trying to communicate with? Who is your audience? Um, who resonates with the ideas you have to share? And then be comfortable and frankly confident in the fact that, as you cultivate that community, um, it's it's almost certainly to be uh, will be a big enough audience, a big enough market that you can uh, leverage to develop a, a profitable book of business. So, so the idea is not to, as you said, gain celebrity and and fame through any sort of content marketing you might be doing, whether that's your writing or in this case your podcasting, but rather it's to cultivate more of a micro community of. Um, uh, folks who have interest in what you have to say, whose the challenge, whose challenges they uh, that that they face, and the opportunities that they're presented with, um, are in line with the types of content and ideas and insights that you're sharing. So, um, as you're thinking about, you know, to the extent you are thinking about uh, using a podcast to spread your message, um, we encourage you to get narrow in terms of how you think about your market. Uh, Think about the industries you serve, 
and even further sort of the, the subcomponents of those industries um, and, and consider what issues they're facing, what questions are they grappling with, and then build your podcast around those ideas. I mean, to use our own example um, or experience as an example, we, when we were thinking about starting a podcast, Tom, I know we went round and round about, uh, you know, our target market, our, the focus of our podcast. And, you know, we, I think we kind of worked our way backwards, which is oftentimes the way to do it. Think about the big, broad market you focus on and then keep breaking that down into its component parts until you find like a nice, a big enough market to, um, uh, to, to make sense uh, and, and to make it worthwhile. Um, but no bigger than that. So in our case, we, we again, we, we serve a broader market than just legal services in, in the context of our business. But um, legal services in particular is probably the core of our market. And then within that, we can talk about a whole range of topics. I mean, our agency does website design, we do branding, uh, we, we do all kinds of different creative services uh, and strategic services. But at the core of it uh, is, uh, helping support firms in, in their thought leadership marketing initiatives. And, and not only that, so that, that made sense from that standpoint to, to focus real on that quick, podcast, Jay, but real it's also quick, something Jay. that we really enjoy doing. So, sorry to interrupt, but um, you maybe skipped a step that I thought was important, which was we could have then just focused on content marketing within our marketing services, but we actually took a step further, which is to say, you know, content marketing can be a lot of different things. What we're specifically talking about is a very thin slice of thought leadership as content marketing as it, as it applies to law firms. So we got really narrow both in our target market, but also in sort of our topic coverage realm. We're not going really outside of thought leadership, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so I think lawyers should think about it the same way, really thinking about, again, your your addressable market, the maybe the industry you're focused on. And then within that, you know, maybe your practice group focus, because you might have a practice that involves um, you know several different service areas if you're a if you're a litigator or you're a you're a corporate lawyer um, there's probably various things that you do for clients um, but in the case of thinking about mark building and marketing a podcast um, think about a more micro approach to um, identifying and addressing a, a marketplace and the reason that's important is that um, the more focused you are, the deeper you're going to go on a particular set of topics, uh, the more interesting your podcast will be. So encourage you to the extent you're thinking about this uh, as, a, as a possible means of, of marketing your practice, um, definitely think narrow with it. Yeah. And then once you get past that hurdle, the next question becomes uh, one of format and frequency. How often are we going to do this? Um, do we have the time to do this weekly? Does it need to be monthly? All sorts of those considerations, which we, you know, when we launched our podcast consulting services division, that's what we're helping people understand because there's a lot to weigh. It's not just, you know, how can we get through the first four today? Because then you have this podcast fatigue or the podcast fade that you said, uh, is that what it was called? Pod fade? What is it? Pod fading. Yep. Yeah. Pod fading. So it's like, we have to have a, a pretty um, long view discussion in terms of how often we're going to do this, but then it, in the format, I think is worth discussing too, because um, for us, this kind of back and forth, this is a natural, it's easy. We have these conversations offline all the time. So it's natural. It's easy. We, we're not scripted. You know, we put rough show outlines together, but um, so, you know, helping. So how would you help someone through that initial thinking in, 
just to set it up, the, the one thing that I, I think we caution against is um, the idea that someone's going to do this kind of solo, just talking into a mic. Um, the brain works differently when, like right now, I know I'm talking to someone and I can be conversational, but when you feel like you're quote unquote on air, um, it becomes more difficult. And, you know, the, um, the, the Paul Harveys of the world, the Rush Limbaugh's, the Howard Stern's, that is a very unique very unique skill set. Even Howard Stern's got a whole group in there with them, right? So he can react to. But anyways, so some a lawyer might be thinking, should I do this on my own if I'm a sole practitioner? Or should we have a group of five people? Should it be two people? Should we have guests? How would you walk someone through that um, scenario, Jay? So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Tom, in the sense that the, 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 the solo uh, podcast is, is very difficult. Uh, you know, it's in in for various reasons one is it is a lot it's a lot to carry uh the load on one shoulders for 30 minutes and hold someone's interest when you're just speaking into the microphone there are those that do it really well but i'll tell you um, you know seth godin being one he has a, a podcast called akimbo um it's a it's a solo cast it's about 20 minutes of content and then he a answers listener questions but he, you know, he's an outlier. He, he's a master of communication um, and, and frankly, you know, a, a brilliant individual. Um, not to say that, the, you know, others don't have uh, the, the capacity to do that, but at that point, it becomes somewhat of a full-time job. And it also involves a ton of prep work and, and frankly, writing in advance. Uh, very few people have the capacity to just click on the, click on the mic and, and go. Um, those are, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of groundwork that needs to be laid to be able to do a, a really interesting um, podcast solo. Uh, yeah. And another quick anecdote, you just jogged my mind. I, uh, going back to what I predicted at the beginning of this podcast about the football game is I listened to a, a podcast that covers Michigan football. Um, no secret there. And when it's the three of the uh, personalities in the studio riffing off each other, immensely entertaining and one of the guys who i really respect for his football mind and he's a great writer he has a solo cast and it's a totally different experience and personality and to me i know he's not listening so i'll just say it it's unlistenable so the same guy can thrive in this environment where he's got other people to react to and it's a little more natural get him on a solo cast and it's just a disaster so again everyone's different and people could maybe be suitable for something like that. But we tend to advocate for something more like this format, right? Whether it's two people or a person with a guest each time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I think between the, you know, the, if, if you have, if you're, if you're solo, I'd say um, have a, a be a, a podcast format where you're inviting guests on and we'll get to uh, a few reasons why that's really important and valuable to, to have a guest format show uh, in a bit. Um, but you know, and I'd also say to the extent that you want to have multiple hosts, uh, limited it to once you have three and you're trying to interview a guest, it can get a little bit awkward. Um, it, and it's difficult to kind of control the flow of information and conversation. So um, one or two hosts um, advocate for having guests on the show. It just adds variety and it makes it a lot easier, frankly, on busy lawyers to be able to run a podcast. Um, and then uh, the other thing is to keep in mind, I think, from a formatting standpoint, Tom, is that uh, some some lawyers will hesitate to to start podcasting. We've had these conversations before because it seems like such a big commitment. And one thing I would just say to that is that a podcast doesn't need to be forever. 
I mean, depending on what format you're aiming for, uh, you know, oftentimes it's intended to be an ongoing effort, kind of like maintaining a blog. But you can limit the scope of a podcast if you set out to do a series as opposed to just an ongoing sort of campaign. Um, and a, a series might be something where you and your marketing department get together and and map out a 10 episode series where you're talking about a specific topic. For example, in the lead up to a, a conference that you and your firm might be sponsoring or speaking at, um, doing a series around uh, a, a, an individual event like that can be a very effective way of kind of marketing and, and, and expanding the influence you might have among those who might be interested in and attending that conference can be a great way to go from a format standpoint. Yeah, which is probably the next key component to your strategy planning is the mapping out whether it's the 10 episode series or if you plan to, you know, run the podcast in perpetuity is to at least map out 10 to 12 in advance so you know kind of what the topics are going to be. Ours happen to take a very um, intuitive path. If you join any one of, if, let's say you just started listening to this podcast today, that would make perfect sense. And hopefully this episode would work on its own. But if you go back to episode one, where we do talk about the niche, I think we're starting at the beginning and we're moving along in a natural progression. So that was planned. It wasn't just, you know, by luck. So whether it's a series or whether it's going to be ongoing, you know, do some planning in one session so that the rest of the year or the rest of the next six months is a little easier to plan out. Um, and then you mentioned, you, you know, maybe we should shift to, you know, we spent kind of half the show talking about how you would do it, um, but why you would do it. Like, maybe we should have started there. You know, there's all sorts of reasons. And there's a blog that I wrote on our website at hcommunications.biz, which talks about the business case for why you would do a podcast. You know, you may want to do it because you think it's fun, or you may want to do it because you think you are the next Joe Rogan. But uh, it's assuming that you're... Um, you have it. You need to be convinced that there's a business case around it. One of the biggest things is just marketing and where media is going right now. You talked about the trend of uh, people listening to podcasts um, and adopting podcasts, and I think a lot of that is probably recreational use. But um, it really is the preferred format for a lot of busy executives who may love your written content, but may never read it because it's just not their preferred form of audio. So this is really a new, relatively new um, form of content marketing. It's audio content. And that seems to be the big shift. And I do say, you know, I predict, maybe it's not much of a prediction, others have probably made it, but audio is sort of the last front, the final frontier for social media. I think there is a huge future for audio, you know, consumed content, maybe in bite sizes like on Twitter or something like that, um, where people listen on the gym, in the car, whatever, on a commute, um, as opposed to just reading and, and that sort of thing. But so the big shift, you see it too, right? With This is where media seems to be going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and in that respect, I, I think we're still, because we still are in the early phases of this transition uh, to, to more audio marketing, just the fact that you have a podcast adds a, a marketing benefit to, to your practice, um, sort of seen as, uh, you know, at the, at the leading edge of what's new and exciting and, and delivering content in a format that people are increasingly uh, preferring 
and and there's not that many uh it's an uncrowded space there's not that many in it so people perceive it as very difficult to to start a podcast which it's not but uh maybe more on that later but uh there there's just that there's that there's that benefit of of being sort of at the leading edge of of your industry um and then that that's that's one factor but it, it's a small one uh, more importantly is i think that what a podcast allows you to do from a marketing standpoint is it, positioning you as a thought leader um, and allowing you to earn trust and gain authority with your audience. So um, those are really, you know, the, the fundamental factors uh, that you're trying to achieve as a marketer. Um, as a result of that, you know, they start to think of you as, as the right expert for the job. I mean, one of the things, one of the biggest benefits of a podcast, I think, Tom, is that um, it's, it's a more, I guess, intimate uh, exchange of, of uh, ideas between the content producer and the content consumer. Um, certainly more intimate than written content is, which is fairly impersonal, um, despite being important. Uh, you, you get to know uh, the, the host of the podcast in a way that you can if you're just reading their words on a page. And that's important because, um, you know, as we all know, and I think as all attorneys aspire to, um, you, you need to you need to position yourself as someone that a prospective client can know, like, and trust, right? That's, that's an old moniker uh, that, that has um, kind of had a, had a lasting effect on people's, you know, the way they describe what's important to achieve through your marketing and, and podcasting, I think certainly helps you do that. Um, and, and it's going to also allow you again, to reach a whole different set of people um, that, are again increasingly moving towards audio as their prefer, preferred method of of consuming content. So so there's multiple ways to do it, but I'll, I'll stop there, Tom, and kind of let you build upon that. Yeah, a couple of things came to mind as you were talking. One is that it, it sounds an awful lot uh, like the case that Spencer X Smith was making when it comes to public speaking, which is a couple of things. One is that the very act of you being on the dais and not in the audience positions you you know, elevates your stature, stature as a thought leader, similar to, you know, if you have a podcast, the immediate, I, I think the immediate takeaway is, boy, this guy must have a lot to say on this one topic. He must know a lot or, he, or she must be an expert, right? So just having it helps. But also what you mentioned too about the authenticity of the complete brand, the personality, which comes through completely in video, comes through maybe um, little less completely, but certainly more dynamically and, and deeper and uh, more authentic through audio like we're doing now than the written word. Um, and I made the joke at a, a meeting this week, and, and I think it's true. And sometimes I read my own writing and I'm like, I don't even think I would like that guy that wrote that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know. So I have to tone that down when I'm writing for clients because I, I don't know, I'm an English major and I use words that, you know, heretofore and therein and like, I don't talk that way. Right. So somebody might read that and misinterpret who I am as a person. But if you listen to the show or you meet me in person, you're going to get a real, I think, a more authentic, better or worse. I don't know, but a more authentic feel for who I am. And going back to like, know, and trust, you might not like, know, or trust the guy that wrote, you might trust them, but you might not like them or know them if you read some of my writing, but ho hopefully you would if you met me in person, I guess. So uh, I'm assuming a lot of attorneys are that way. They tend to write really well and they're very academic and they're very smart um, to some audiences. I'll just say my, using myself as an example, that can be off-putting, but this is a whole new um, arena for people to kind of express themselves. And like you said, more authentically connect with the listener as well as connecting with a guest which kind of dovetails, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but 
maybe I should, because I think it's interesting when you talk about connecting with people, when we're, we don't do this enough just in the real world, just in general anymore, because of social media, we're firing off emails or we're responding to LinkedIn statuses. We don't get on the phone and we don't talk to people. We don't get out of our office and we don't go to lunch anymore. So how do you make an authentic connection with somebody that maybe you're trying to pursue a relationship with? It might be a prospect. It might be a potential partner down the road. If all you're going to do is communicate with them in a two dimensional flat static, you know, digital way, um, podcasting opens up a whole new set of doors, doesn't it? It absolutely does, Tom. And, and I'm going to reference the, the blog post that you wrote again, because I think you made a tremendous amount of um, uh, you know, sense and, and great points in that. And I encourage our listeners to, to go find that and we'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but it was all about you know, the business case for podcasting and much of it focused on this very issue, which is podcasting being a, a great business development tool. Um, and it and it's almost business development as a byproduct of of having great conversations with people, right? Which is which is a, a starting point for business development in many respects. Um, but what a podcast allows you to do is to actually initiate successfully those conversations in a way that is much harder to do if all you're doing is quote selling to someone. Um, if 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 you're trying to you know reach out and connect with a, a prospective client only through you know, setting up a phone call, trying to get them to sit down and, and watch you go through some PowerPoint slides or take an hour out of their schedule to go to lunch, well, that's gonna be pretty tough to do. What you're trying to do, and I think this is the way you put it in your, in your article, Tom, if what you're trying to do is, is serve someone as opposed to sell to them, well, then a much better way to approach uh, the, the, the problem is, is to invite them on to something like a podcast. Um, Give them an opportunity to share their ideas, spread their thought leadership, connect with new audiences and, and people themselves by giving them a platform to, again, talk about their ideas. Um, that is something that a prospective client is flattered by, um, is interested in doing, sees it as you providing value to them. And then as a consequence of all of that, um, what we see oftentimes, and it's been our own experience, um, those conversations that happen on a podcast or on a phone call before the podcast episode oftentimes blossom into deeper relationships that lead to new business. So in, in our, you know, in our estimation, I know we share this, this feeling, Tom, is that it's frankly one of the best ways we know to establish those valuable um, connections with people who otherwise might not give you the time of the time of day because you're giving them something value a value in return which is a platform with which to um, establish themselves as a thought leader yeah exactly like the example that you just brought up about if you called someone and asked them to lunch and you don't have a relationship with that person there's going to be some avoidance first of all they might not take the call secondly you know can i buy you lunch that sounds like just a precursor to a pitch right mm-hmm. um it, there, there you start this like awkward buyer seller dance where now the guards up. It's like, Oh God, why does he want to take me to lunch? Do I, I don't really have time. I'm a busy lawyer or whatever it is. Um, and they're probably going to say no. And even if they say yes, it's going to be awkward um, for the buyer and seller alike. But if you're not selling and legitimately not selling, you're just inviting somebody on. Like you said, it's, it's flattering. Um, my bet is you will get next near a hundred percent acceptance of the invitation 
and then you're starting off on this wonderful like two-way flattery this conversation it's so natural nobody expects anything out of the other one other than both sides are getting value and then you finish it up and then this goes live and it gets broadcast out to everybody and there's this sort of mutual admiration society on social media where they're liking and sharing each other's posts and all of that just happened naturally now think about where you are at the end of that as opposed to at the end of I got to get the guts to call this person and ask them to lunch. And then they say, no, right. It's just a totally different path. It, even if you, the beauty of it for, for someone like me, who's even kind of averse to selling myself is even if I never do business with this person, all of that was still worthwhile. So you need a tool like a podcast to have something, you know, there's other variations of the theme. Like we talked about in the pot, in the post, you know, if you're working on a book, you could, you know, ask them to be interviewed for the book. Um, you could ask them to guest contribute either on a, a blog post on your own website or that you're going to co-pitch somewhere. But this, the idea of the podcast, I think amplifies that incredibly because it feels like you're being uh, invited to be a guest on a radio style interview. And that just seems pretty cool. Absolutely. And yeah, it's just, it's just another variation of a, of a theme that, that we talk about a uh, a benefit that that people oftentimes don't consider in the context of content marketing, which is the value of that uh, collaborative uh, approach to content marketing, where you're not just writing for an audience, you're creating content with an audience. And and by drawing them into that experience and that process, um, they're going to be a lot more invested in you and be much more willing to, uh, you know, kind of deepen the relationship uh, with you as a result. So, um, so I think that may be a great place to to wrap up here, Tom. Um, and I do, yeah, I do have one parting thought too before we wrap, and because it was something we covered at the post, it, it's maybe a little bit outside of what we plan on talking today, but just the the science behind podcasting. So there's um, there's a group called Sensory Logic in Minneapolis that studies media, media consumption, and the effect on the brain. And what they found is that the audio format of all the five senses, typically I think people think that smell is like the most, it evokes the most nostalgia, but in terms of actual retention of information and complex uh, data points, sound is actually the most effective. And that's been proven through science. The other thing is to think about, you know, how the user is, and we touched on this earlier, how the user is consuming your content. So a, a blog post, even somebody that clicks on your blog post, they're probably not reading it word for word, unfortunately. these days. If it's really well written, you're going to have uh, the luxury of somebody reading the whole thing. But people tend to skim or as soon as they lose interest, they click back to LinkedIn or whatever else it was that they were doing. But when you're listening to audio, the intent is to listen to audio. It's not something that you skim. And you may be consuming the content while you're doing other things. Like I said earlier, working out or you're on a commute or you're on the plane um, or you're just sitting and relaxing on a, on a weekend day. But it's completely immersive. It, you, you, you hear all of it. You don't tune out. You, the intent is active listening. But at the same time, somebody who's hard pressed for time, who says, you know, I'm too busy to read, I'm too busy to write, isn't too busy to consume audio content. And that's proven by the fact that, you know, the rise of the audio book. We have a ton of people who say they're reading slash hearing books these days. So just think about the science behind podcasting that makes it unique in the, in the arsenal of content marketing tools. Um, and I, I think that alone kind of makes the case of why you would at least want to experiment with it. Yeah, podcasting is definitely, or any form of audio marketing or communication is definitely uh, mapping to uh, 
consumer content, uh, c- content uh, consumption habits of today's consumer, I think. So um, it's definitely something to be considering. And that, and that science definitely puts an exclamation point on some of the, the factors that we've talked about here today. So um, with that said, uh, let's wrap it up, Tom. Um, I'd encourage any of our listeners who might be interested in, in exploring podcasting as a, as a marketing and business development tool to um, visit our website. Under our services page, you'll find a tab for our podcast, podcast consulting and production services. Happy to have a, a complimentary con- consultation with anyone who wants to kind of explore these issues and think about whether podcasting might be a good approach for them to um, think about in, in 2020. Uh, but with that said, uh, Tom, it's been a, a pleasure talking to you today about this issue because I know we're both passionate about it. And yeah. we'll be back next week with another episode. So until then, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. Yep. Thanks, everyone. And I'll just give our audio engineer one last thing to potentially edit out. Go blue. <laughs> See you, Jay. Thank you for listening to the Thought Leadership Project. For show notes, additional resources, and links to the tools discussed on today's episode, visit thethoughtleadershipproject.com. Thank you.